Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the middle that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. If you listen on the Entail app, that's E-N-T-A-L-E, photos, links and videos of what we're talking about will pop up as you listen. Have a look. Hi, I'm Emily and I'm absolutely fine, but I have got this incredibly weird feeling that has been happening for about 24 hours that I've forgotten to do something. So I'm waking up every hour on the hour, forgotten to do something. What is it? What is it? Don't know. Can't remember. And right now I'm thinking, oh my God, what is it? Have I forgotten to do something? Yes, I've forgotten to do something. And it is sitting on my chest like a kind of... Uh... Psychological condition. <laughs> what are you saying, Annabelle? Are you saying that it's anxiety? I'm saying it's anxiety. Yeah. It's just another flavour. Okay, I'm absolutely fine, but I'm anxious as fuck. How are you? <laughs> I'm absolutely fine. Thanks for asking. But I've got a terrible case of the shoulds at oh. the moment and it's the post-lockdown shoulds I should have done this I should have done that I wasted precious time I just glossed over everything and it's making it even harder for me to talk to people so it's exacerbating the sort of isolation and disconnect because whenever anyone says to me so what have you been doing it makes me feel furious <laughs> with myself and them <laughs> yes the double anger the double-edged anger sword the double-edged reflective anger going in every direction and it, it isn't helping with this supposed re-entry into society. I mean, I don't think I'm fit for society. Are you? I don't think I've ever been fit for society. I'm just sort of, it's just sort of, yeah. It's got worse though, hasn't it? Have yeah. you found that over the past year or so, your old tricks have stopped working and your trusted emotional fallbacks have fallen short? Conventional therapy has felt oddly tiring and limited. Pills haven't held the same life ring allure that they once did. You may have become a stranger to yourself and to others. It's been heavy. And many of us are wondering if it might be time to go another way. So today we are delighted to welcome a little light into the studio. Estelle Bingham has been described as the heart whisperer and she's been helping people find love, purpose and connection for over 20 years. Her flavour of energetic and psychic healing is all about embracing the joy and the potential in our lives and welcoming in all the possibility. Estelle, I don't know when the world has ever needed you more. How are you? Aww. <laughs> I'm fine, but <laughs> I have actually lost my keys and I don't know where they are. Car keys, house keys. I got an Uber here, lastminute.com. So I should be very zen. And I and I was actually just completely mesmerised by that intro. I was like, wow, I love the sound of that. Um, <laughs> that woman sounds great. That woman, meet her. So I, love to, I love the sound of that. But actually, yes, I am I'm kind of, you know, it, definitely having one of those moments. Are you like, are they in the Uber? Are they in the door? Are they in the fridge? They're not in the Uber. Because it was pre-Uber, it was post-dog walk yesterday, so they've, they've kind of got lost in the interim, so they could be anywhere. But currently, I'm just doing that thing of drinking my tea, being present with you two here, lovely ladies. And assuming the universe will deliver your keys to you. This is obviously what it's all about, Annabelle. You must be dealing with a lot of blockage and calcification and trouble at the moment. Has, has lockdown shifted things energetically amongst the people that you work with? So, the third lockdown really just actually has has been energetically possibly that I think I say to people the heaviest time since the second world war so if we're thinking sort of energy that's in the field and, and the field is a psychoanalytic term but it's a real it's it's what it's what I sense as energy you know and you are sensing when you go out or just even when you're in your homes it's heavy yeah you know it's heavy so this 
kind of snowball that happened with the first lockdown where there was this looking inside because there's just more time. So people started meditating that never meditated yoga or doing bits and pieces and more time with our thoughts and who are we and what do we want. But that kind of, you know, really escalated. And I will say escalated because it crescendoed into something, you know, coming through January and February, really the longest, possibly felt like the longest um, January, February on record. But energetically, just for all of us collectively, and if you think about the world, all of this energy that we're holding at the same time, a lot of grief, huge amount of grief, confusion, the short answer... (laughs) was it was intense (laughs) (laughs) can you describe what you do what you are slash what you do wow Annabelle well I never can really describe what I do and and actually it was so wonderful to meet you and and have you describe it (laughs) that was what I put that on my website I was like if you want to know what I do read this article it's fabulous yes just so the listeners know I did I I met Estelle at the end of last year started working with her and wrote a piece in the evening standard so if you want to look it up you will find it there yeah it's a sort of I mean I think we can we can probably get into something it's you know I meet people and it's a form of therapy if you don't know it's it is a sort of form of talking therapy but because I work energetically and psychically and sort of it's a bit of a fast track to you know what is happening for that person on a on on an internal level so we it's very dynamic so where you may sort of discuss something for six months or a year or two years I just work very very quickly but I always say that the people who come to me are meant to come to me they're just meant to be there I really trust that so it's a dynamic you know it's it's time to get the show on the road and and when that time you kind of some part of your spirit knows that it's like even if you're not conscious of it but some part of your spirit's like god I just I really need a shift actually Mm. and that's when people end up knocking on my door. One of the things that I really have liked about it is that after 20 years of talking therapy is I don't have to do that much talking Mm. or thinking because also if you work with words inevitably there's a performative aspect once you start talking there's a filter between what you're feeling and then what you're saying so I don't have to think I just have to feel if I'm doing a session with you and I think that you know correct me if I'm wrong but a lot of what you do is about learning to live in an open-hearted way and connecting with our hearts and do you think that maybe a lot of us have been educated out of connecting with our own hearts and understanding what we feel so when we think about our heart space and and I suppose I'll look at Emily because I haven't met Emily until today which is wonderful but what does the heart space feel like to you Emily oh my god when someone asks me how I feel it automatically makes me feel totally lost it's so interesting isn't it so I guess when I think about my heart space do you mean okay so now I'm gonna have to ask you questions do you mean what I love or how I experience love or how what I think about how I feel love all of those things yeah and so I think the first answer was was probably the right one right so which is just that there's a little bit of a, a fumble Yes. There's just a little bit of I don't know. Yeah. This place is the most powerful place to be in our lives. This is where everything happens. If you imagine, it's like, you know, if you have a thought or you have a desire or you have a dream and we can build that energy, we can build that energy or, or we can focus from this place, from the heart space. It's literally like, it's like, it's stratospheric because it's, this is the seat of all of our 
being on the in the world this is kind of love purpose and connection is really about this what's in held in the heart energy so we spend a lot of time out of our hearts and yes we have been conditioned out of our hearts do you have any tips for people about how to get back in how to reaccess <laughs> like tips for like people like emily for example <laughs> sitting right opposite you <laughs> wanting to get her notebook out <laughs> well one of the things i'd say and i i suppose is this idea of this abyss that happens between you and your heart and it isn't an abyss it just it's just you and it's just this isn't medieval aramaic it's not mandarin it's just it's just you and actually, coming back home to self, which is, I feel, the most important thing to do on the planet, because we're born alone, we die alone. And ultimately, the only thing to do is really to love and be loved, you know. And did you allow that to happen? And this, and existing in the heart is where everything starts to come back in. Like, the peace, it's just, there's a peace. In the sessions, their emotions overtake their minds because the mind is used to chatter, 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 anxious, anxious, all the thoughts and all of the stuff. I lost my keys. I did this. The shoulds, the woulds, the coulds, the da-da. And actually, there's a really such a profound peace that exists in the heart that is you. It's just waiting for you. And and it isn't complicated. You know, we can really over-mystify it. But it's actually, I often say, spend a few moments a day with your heart. Well, you do a visualisation, don't you? I do a visualisation of just holding the heart, breathing into the heart and stepping down into the heart, moving into deeper presence with the heart and then listening, listening. Because there's a language and every day it changes. So when you say, well, what, what do you want from me? Yeah. You know, it's a classic, but that's a classic people pleaser of which I am codependent answer, isn't it? It's like, I cannot work it out in relation to myself. I need to know in the way that you're going to tell me. And that's, uh, that's yeah. I mean, so it sort of proves doubly how distant I am from that space quite a lot of the time because when you're in communication with your heart and you just know it and you've built a relationship it just is mm. so I ask you that question and you just say well yeah like when I today I'm really feeling love for my children or today I'm really it's like oh my heart today my heart's really grieving something I can't quite put my finger on it but I can feel it because it doesn't have to be logical does it it doesn't have to be I've just had a really nice day therefore my heart is happy or I've had a really difficult day therefore my heart is stressed you know it, it is what it is it doesn't necessarily relate to experience in that direct logical straight line that linear thing that we've come to expect out of life yeah also I think that we've been well certainly you know educate like you said educated away from it but you know, there are so many things that we have to think that we are in relation to, whether it's work or, you know, families or friends or romantic love or whatever. So it's quite hard with all that push and pull to actually work out what it is you actually want, but also sometimes quite shaming because you may have a good day, but still feel like you are grieving. And then I think people find that quite hard to, to admit that they're lost, even despite what appears to be, you know, good things good energy etc I mean we were talking about this earlier Emily and I about you know we're all desperate to be grateful is it possible to be both grateful and to want more it's absolutely possible to be in the present and completely grateful for this moment and this is really where the power lies is being able to stretch your consciousness to allow those two truths in so I'm I'm very I'm grateful for everything I have in this moment and I'm open to the abundance of meeting being in a new relationship of finding you know getting being passionate about 
the relationship I'm in, of repairing the relationship I'm in, or finding a new job, or whatever it is, to bring in more, there is no shame in that, and holding those two in a very heartfelt way. But hearing you talk, it occurs to me that there is a difference between feeling grateful and being in the present and doing what I do when I write my gratitude list, which is thinking grateful. Mm. And thinking grateful, I probably, now I'm listening to you talk, doesn't have the same sort of power. No. <laughs> and this is about the embodying. This is about why we kind of go back in. Because it's like the sort of why on one level, isn't it? It's like, mm. you know, why go, why, why journey back into all of you? You know, I was talking to someone yesterday and they said, you know, that's one of these, I need to book some more sessions in. And, and there's a part of me that thinks, well, do I really need to go back in and, and, and be with that? Because it means I've got to go back in and be with that part of me that I don't want to be with. And why go back and be with, with all of who we are? Well, when we embody, the more we embody, the more we feel. And the power is in the feeling. So the, the power is being embodied. It's not in the head. It's not in the chatter up here. It's not in the thinking. The thinking doesn't create reality, okay? That doesn't, you know, and, and it get, comes back to that that slightly, you know, woo-woo, uh, you know, way of being in the world, which is that our, our thoughts do create reality, but they have to be embodied thoughts. If the thoughts are just a chatter of like, I'm really grateful, thank you, thank you, thank you, grateful for the grateful for the tea, grateful for the podcast, grateful for the, you know, it's actually, we're not really feeling that gratefulness in the body. And remember what I said, I was talking about the power of being in the heart means that everything is suddenly like, it's stratospheric, like you're embodying. So that feeling creates a real connection and a real alignment. So something slightly different happens. It's mm. like a jigsaw puzzle. It's like, it's like there's that very incremental, it's very subtle shift. And it literally, it's, it's like sliding doors. It's like mm. that old movie with Gwyneth Paltrow in it. Well, I mean, Brenny Brown, who is not an energetic healer, talks about, you know, the key is living in a wholehearted way. Yeah. And Glennon Doyle, again, not an energetic healer, talks about dropping down into yourself. And I remember reading the that. Knowing, thinking, right? The knowing. that, And, you know, I, I, there have been, there are very few times, I think, when I really know where I am when I in body and mind and heart etc and that's mostly when I'm swimming because everything is it's almost like the mind is distracted or whatever and it's all about purpose and I was talking to someone this weekend who has just been climbing Everest I'm slightly (laughs) ill-advised at this point but climbing Everest the higher he got and the less oxygen he had and the harder it was the freer he felt emotionally and spiritually. Not an anxious thought all day of trudging breathless up this fucking mountain because there just wasn't room for it. So, you know, a more intense version of swimming. Yes, I don't think I'll be climbing Mount Everest anytime soon, can you imagine? Because I think we all get, you know, the idea of manifestation is really compelling, right? But we can't just sit and go, I am rich, I am loved, I am living in my dream house, I am writing my best-selling novel or whatever it is, if that is detached from everything else. So can you talk to us about meaningful manifestation, how to go about it in a way that isn't just sort of heady and desperate? Yes, I can. (laughs) So I'm just going to take us back to Emily's moment of of swimming because it links into your friend climbing Everest. And it's that moment of presence. So when you're swimming, you're actually just in each moment and it's it's very meditative it's very powerful and the chatter of the mind so that's the old stories that's our old programming the what sits behind the thought at the front is no longer you can't hear it 
Okay. So the I'm abundant, I'm abundant, I'm abundant, but at the back that is is not you're not really, you're never going to be. It's not it's not gonna happen, it's not gonna happen for you. That's the stuff that ends up coming into the idea of manifesting, like really manifesting. Okay. You had a great word for it. Manifestering. Manifestering. Well, and the bad stuff is busy percolating. The ba- bad stuff, yeah. So when we are really embodying, when we're just thinking, right, we're actually not present. We're just thinking. We're just running through the mo- we're running through the motions of something, and it's the chatter. We're sort of thinking, I want to be really abundant. I want to manifest all of these things. I want to manifest, but it's actually mixed up with all of this other stuff that says you can't really. Mm. So the secret is, well, how do we get to that place of silence, that sort of place of quiet, where when you swim or when he's going up the mountain, it's quiet, mm. okay? And so a thought is just, it's just a thought. And that, again, is very embodied. It's very powerful because the wounded ego, and it's the ego that says you can't, it's not going to happen, all of that stuff that we've collected in our lifetimes, isn't there, can't really hear it. So actually, as a thought, it becomes very powerful. Mm. It goes out to the universe, and it's loud, okay? It doesn't go out to the universe with an echo behind it. I I, I want my be- to, to write a best-selling novel, but you'll never do that. Okay, so the universe is hearing two things, okay? We want to have that single thought that goes that's very embodied that goes out into the world in a very powerful way and how do we get there so what I say to people is to hold two truths at the same time this comes back to the holding of two truths really dropping down into the heart working just you know and and again that's a, a practice that you can do it's just a few breaths every day where you hold the heart and you just breathe into the heart just like Brené Brown speaks about just like Glennon Doyle speaks about Glennon Doyle actually goes to a wardrobe she goes into a wardrobe and she sits in her wardrobe and she goes and she's dropping down into her heart energy and that's where her wisdom is okay so that's that very powerful wisdom but also from this place we can send things out into the universe and the universe can really hear you because you're hearing yourself. You're really giving yourself space and it's it's such a relief. So if you can hold that for a few moments every day and just literally just being in the heart, nothing else, and you can just imagine it, it doesn't have to be mystified, it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be woo-woo, it's just you and your heart. Remember, this is you and your heart. So this isn't a kind of mystical thing although it is quite mystical, but it ends up being quite mystical, but it's actually quite straightforward. It's just you and your heart, you're just reconnecting. Yeah, it's like back to basics, It's isn't just it? back to basics. And it's something that you've known all along, but we've just forgotten how to do. So if you sit in the heart, and I'm, I'm really grateful for the abundance, and I'm really grateful for the book agent, but I want to write a book, a best-selling novel, so you stay in the gratefulness and then you're spending a few moments with that manifestation, but then you let it go and you really let it go. You trust. So that's another piece kicks in, which is the trust piece. You really let it go. We don't sit there white knuckling. What happens with manifestation, especially after the secret, with people would white knuckle on what they were manifesting and manifest, and they wonder why it didn't happen. Mm. The, the energy of white knuckling is a very specific energy, which is the energy of fear, the energy of it's not trust, it's not really coming, you know. It's the energy, isn't it coming to your manifestation from a place of lack? 
and a place of scarcity, and whereas true belief would come from a place of abundance, as you say, and basically it's coming. That is completely it, in a nutshell. So do you believe that we can bring our desires into our lives? I believe that, like, completely every single atom cell of my body, I believe that. I believe that because I've done it myself, and I believe that because of the way I understand, I work with energy and understand energy. And I recognize that energy follows energy. And, and what happens when we clear energy on certain things out of our energy fields, we get start to open. It's like opening the curtains. You know, it's like mm. it always shows up as, they, you know, these things come in as visuals for me when I'm working with people. But it's like going into a room in your house and it's a room that you've never been in and we open the door and we get into we start occupying more of the space of your being you know it's like people get very narrow they're in a little spot downstairs by the kitchen sink and it's like let's just inhabit the space you've got this big house to inhabit go into the places that you don't want to go into open the windows change the furniture get you know let's just let the light into these places and suddenly it vibrates you know you're vibrating as a being there's more of you there's more energy that's what I mean about the inhabiting shame if you've opened all the windows right there is no shame because remember we're all here doing the same thing we all carry so much pain and shame and all of us you know and I always say to people when they come to see me you know we hold our stories you know so tightly inside us as if we are the only ones with those stories and you know the the profound thing and the humbling thing for me working with people every day is is just that we are all here in this together as we we all of our stories are so unique but also what we care how we carry them is 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 the same that's what Mm. create makes that's our humanity and so you're not alone you're not alone in that shame you know that bundle of shame you're not those things that you hold so tightly and secretly and in those dark places and that you're holding on to for dear life it's time to unclench and let go. And when we unclench and let go, we clear the space for that silence inside, for that quietness. Where the stuff we want to come in, there's more room for. You can breathe life into that stuff. Um, so here's what I really what I really want to ask. Because I always wonder. So if we're there doing all the righteous work, right? Yeah. Opening the windows, throwing open the doors to our heart, believing, embodying working with you to be our full wholehearted selves what are you doing <laughs> good question so this is a, this is i mean it's interesting talking about this now in in this day and age because i feel like since lockdown it's it's like i can start to talk about this of course when i first i mean because actually, people are more open to people different are more, stuff people yeah. are more open i mean when i was a teen when i was young you know the last thing i wanted to do was actually do any of this work the last thing i wanted to be was a, a dinner table having to say I'm a psychic or so I ran for I was like no way Jose (laughs) and is that because sorry to just roll back a little bit that you could just feel what people were feeling like were you how were you attuned to it and then how did you know that you wanted what it was you were running away from yeah so I when I started meditating when I was seven so I started transcendental meditation when I was seven years old but my mother is very psychic and her her grandmother was very psychic and it's just something I've grown up with so one of the things that was useful for me was that it was quite normalized 
you know, we would be, yeah, yeah, it was quite sort of, you know, energy was Oh, there's someone else at the table. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. it was actually quite normal. It was quite normalised. Thank God, because it's just, it's one of those things that's, it is out there. It is out there. But it was normalised, and so... An energy was something that I would be able to just naturally, it's like, it's like that language. It's like I could feel the energy of people, places, things from a really young age. And having my mother was a great help because she also, you know, I learned a sort of psychic line as well, how to protect, you know, it's kind of just a natural, not having that energy just splurging around. I could just, you know, things that weren't good for me, I could kind of hold on, you know, I could sort of just... Protect yourself from. Protect myself from. Um, But yeah, I was like, this is not something I want to do because at that time I didn't want to have to defend what that meant Mm. because it is something that's, it's difficult to put into words. And I recognise that because, you know, I also work from the mind and, and, you know, well, how does that make sense? So I went and I did, went into TV instead. I, I manifested a TV career and I was, so I became a travel presenter. I was a children's presenter and then a travel presenter. And then I went to LA and I had my son and someone turned up on my door, at my door. I cleared a house of some, of some spooks and someone turned up at my door and said, okay, I've heard that you, you're doing this. I need, can you heal me or can you do some work on me? And I thought, oh, okay, and I'm going to surrender to this, and I've always been like that. I surrender to what's in front of me. So I let this person in, and that was it. That sort of began, I began my work. But I didn't want to go, I didn't go online, you know, till two years ago. You couldn't find me online. There was no website, there was no Instagram, there was nothing. And I chose that because I was also kind of quite happy to be word of mouth, and that was enough for me. But then you know, life comes knocking and, and, and part of the medicine of surrender is, is getting out of the way of yourself. So sometimes the medicine is to do more and sometimes the medicine is to do less. So for me to kind of not get engaged was, was actually my ego getting involved. So I, I was like, okay, I'm going to be available because this is what the next mm. thing is to do. And in the room, what happens is I work with angelic energy so every morning I bring that energy I call in that energy and I've always worked with my guides I've always worked with angelic energy and they and your guides as well so the people around you in spirits there's people around you in the light and what happens is is that that's like a it kind of comes together which is why I say which is when I wasn't online every single person that came to me was meant to be there and still that's the case because I ask for that and it's like I get a download. So I, I describe it like, you know, when you're at a hospital and there's the notes at the end of the bed and after shifts, the doctor comes and looks at the notes. And I get a download that's your, I sort of pick up the notes and they'll say, you know, four years old, da, da, or I just get guided to what it is at that moment that needs to be cleared, what layer needs to clear. Because really my work is about bringing the soul into complete alignment in the lifetime. <laughs> and then she stops. <laughs> I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm going to be sitting with your my heart. heart and uh, yeah, exactly, and trying to get my soul in line with my timeline. How do we stay present? How do we create these ways of climbing Everest every day when we're not climbing Everest, or being swimming every day when you know just to bring ourselves back into a place of peace? Because what happens, and this is obviously what the pandemic taught us, was life moves 
so quickly and we we lose ourselves in it mm. and a lot of us are thinking well I don't really want to go back to that old life I don't want to go back to the way it was so what it, what do you want to take with you from the kind of learning of, of lockdown into this new way of being as we kind of peek out into the world and, and you know feel our way back in and I would say one of the most powerful things as a collective is for us to just be more mindful yeah. And and that way we we we're more present and we embody more, and we show up in our lives in in a way that is very different and you know it's sacred. There's a sacredness because you've got to show up, haven't you? If you don't show up, ain't nothing happening. Mm. I always find it so interesting when people come for sessions, and I I find it very insightful the people who come for sessions and show up and the people who come for sessions and and don't Mm. right when you show up with all of you I mean there's there's something deep in there you know it's cut there's a courage that comes when we're really like okay yeah right let's do this like there's a there's profound humility and this courage that grows in, in the person that I'm before me that is just is so it's just amazing, and it's it's part of their their medicine. It's like they yeah. how they inhabit. Like we inhabit with that courage, you know. I'm just going to take this, put one step in front of the other, and it's just courage. It's like I just I'm just going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep showing up to the unknown because of course the unknown terrifies the out of us, right? Yeah. We're like, I don't know. Mm. You know, I don't know if when I go up into that room in the house that you've told me to go and turn on the lights, and I, will, will I be able to, will I like what's in that room and will I be able to get out of that room? And are you sure I can integrate that that story and that, that energy and who I am? You know, what's what's it all about? Mm. But of course, yeah, every step that that person takes towards themselves, it's like it's the most profound gesture of love to self. That showing up self is like it's so healing for you because you're right because there's several things going on at once in these situations like for example now that we're sort of grown up women like 46 we've been beaten around a bit by life so you want to exercise maximum control you know that something's wrong you know that you're not aligned with yourself and because you're not you know reading into those things at the same time you're like okay fine I'll just I I know I need to do some work on this you know so but actually I don't think it's about what the way I just looked to you and what that looked like was defeat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it's, I think, I, I think that it's about readiness. No, exactly. So, so, so you, so you have to kind of get through the feelings of like, I've got all the lists and I've got that yeah. to just like, right. It's going to be a new way. Yeah. I'm going to look it in the eye and I'm just going to see what happens. Yeah. Well, that's what exactly. And bringing your whole self to that as opposed to the one, as opposed to the broken bit. You so, only take your broken bits to, the, to talking therapy. Yeah. And what I found is sometimes it can, I really believe in it, but sometimes it can re-traumatize you yeah. because you're always having to go back and have a look. And my experience of it was, I think it kept me alive, but I also think that it, I, it made, it made me understand an awful lot about what I'd been through without, without me finding a way to heal any of it understand yeah so that's what was interesting about working with somebody like Estelle and just going all witchy (laughs) (laughs) witchy woo-woo getting witchy woo-woo I mean the biggest thing is I suppose you really just meet the healer in yourself you know and that's what I facilitate 
I, I, I always I kind of have a bit of a, a reaction to healing or that word and I, I, I've always sort of sidestepped it but it's about I'm just mirroring you and and your the power that you have in your own life to just heal yourself and, mm. and when you show up and and that's really what happens in the room because I feel like there's such a strong visceral sense of I'm I'm here you know, it's very energetic. And that's why people have override. They'll come with all their stuff and, you know, and, and then they're, they're in tears and they're like, I'm not, I don't, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm into, you know, and it's like, well, you're here. I always say you're getting, you know, it's what you're meant to do. You're here because that's what you're meant to be doing, you know. But it's an override. The emotional body's like, hallelujah. Like she's come, she's brought me somewhere where I can actually like express myself. <laughs> and then they keep, you know, sit on it. Like, I'm really sorry. I'm like, you know, this is obviously session one or two. It happens every, all the time. It happened last week. And it's like, no, 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 you're here because it's fine, you know, just be, lean into this space, because you're leaning into yourself, really, it's just, you're holding, you're learning how to hold yourself safe, so that, that, you know, that courage, that real, like, I'm just going to keep going, that readiness, it's like, you are investing mm. in yourself in a totally different way, not with that defeated I'm too broken to heal. It'll never be me. I mean, the times I've heard, I'm too broken to heal, and, you know, the shame around that. Just, mm. I'm not going to make it. You know, I'm going to be one of the people that doesn't make it. One of the people that doesn't make it on the planet. What you think, you actually think that you, you're you not going to make it. What makes you any different to the people who heal? Like, why, why are you special enough to not heal? You know, every single being has the power. It's all about love, ultimately, isn't it? Because it's fine for you to be able to show love for other people and love in your relationships or love what you do or whatever but if you don't love yourself then actually everything is just a transaction isn't it it doesn't come from anything and we know that and everybody says that it's on fucking bumper stickers well, i was about to say but like, the actual you making that your genuine lived experience yeah, is it's a, re- a whole different ball game totally because you you know you look at yourself in the mirror and you go oh god or you say something or you say something and you think oh why the fuck did you say and you're that back or, in the, and you're back in that the primordial soup of your own self-hatred <laughs> yeah, I know that one. <laughs> it just slipped out. But um, thank you so much for coming oh on God. to talk to us. I mean, it's a remarkable thing, isn't it, Emily? Yeah, I think it's it's well, it's wonderful being in the room, and I hope that that you can pick up listeners how much we are getting from what Estelle is saying to us about loving ourselves, and how that sounds witchy woo woo, but actually, God. I mean, why is that so fucking hard? Well, why are it these things be? at the centre of our existence incredibly simple and incredibly complicated at the same time? Two truths, right? Two truths. Two truths. Yeah. Two inconvenient truths. <laughs> well, anyway, that was magic. I mean, in more ways than one. <laughs> so us and the universe, we'll see you next week. Yeah, exactly. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of The Middle. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. And we'll just leave you with this thought. I accept my power, I just don't know how to turn it on. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. 
Listen wherever you get your podcasts.